Welcome to episode 22 of In and Out of Character, a role players podcast. Hey guys, I really do appreciate you listening in. I know that my voice isn't the best voice, but I still do appreciate everyone who downloads and listens. Today I am talking to someone named Joseph, also from the Roleplay Rejects, who I had on I had on Misty last week. This week I'm gonna have Joseph on, and I was very happy to get to talk to him. So let's bring him in. Why are you so damn funny? Oh, I I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, um, I I'd like to say I think it's because my grandma gave me a a joke book when I was a kid. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> I'll be honest. Someone took me off by surprise for a second there. No. Um, what was the name of that book? Um, there was this book called like 100 jokes and how to tell them mm-hmm. and um it talked about different types of comedy and like how to um not only like how to it wasn't just a list of jokes right it it talked about like what makes something funny versus what doesn't and um i my family has a history of aspergers so mm-hmm. um social interactions can be really awkward for me. Mm. And so whenever I could get a leg up on that, I would read like books on jokes and I'd read books on body language and I would read um, books on like leadership and that sort of thing. And like try to um, glean as much as I could so that I could seem uh, semi-normal to the rest of the world. Is that, is that how you got into role-playing as like a tabletop because i because when you when when i hear you on the the podcast the role play rejects um uh check them out roleplayrejects.com i think um but when i hear you you sound very confident you sound like you definitely belong in a group environment so is is that what led you to tabletop is just wanting to make sure that you were a part of the, the a part of uh what is that social like a tribe yeah like a group. yes yeah yeah um that's a big part of it i i really like role playing as like a way to experiment socially mm-hmm. like what do i believe when it comes to this situation and like if i was a completely different character what would that look like in the fallout apocalypse or in star Wars land? Mm. And I really like, um, I think part of that is just like my fascination with this like social aspect that I don't always click with. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. That's uh, so, so how did like, but I do, I am curious, like how exactly did you get into role-playing? Oh, um, so it's kind of a roundabout story. Um, so growing up, I was not introduced to any role playing at all. No D and D, no Pathfinder. Um, not even like the like the bad side of it, where people are like don't do it, right? It just I never got the opportunity growing up. Um, I uh, um, I did. I, I guess this also is why I'm semi-funny is I did comedy improv in high school 
Um, it was one of the many after school classes that I stuck around and did. Um, and I really liked that like banter and the, the whose line is it anyway type, mm -hmm. um, type improv. Um, but at the same time, at the end of it, a lot of times I'd be like, man, I wish I could have like told a more serious story. I wish we could have explored other things than just we're all funny. Right. And, um, my, one of my best friends in high school, Ivan, um, his dad had a very long standing D and D campaign and he was the only person that I knew that even had exposure to D and D, but Ivan was such an introvert. I don't think he ever even, um, invited us to this game. Mm -hmm. Um, and his dad was a forever GM. You could kind of tell it from his face and um, he was a librarian. So I feel like he he was one of those people that focuses a lot on his games. And a librarian's a great place to to sit around and read rule books, right? So mm -hmm. um, I I really look up to librarians. My grandma was a librarian too, and um, and so like when I got to meet him, I was like, oh, this guy's really cool. Like, but again, I never, um, never got into it in high school. And then Misty and I got married. All right. Misty's one of the other role play rejects. If y'all haven't listened to that podcast yet, uh, or listened to that episode of this podcast yet. They better. Yeah, they better. They better, they better <laughs> listen to both. They better, they better stop yeah. right now. Go listen to everything Roleplay Re Rejects has done. Come back to this. Realize that they need to go listen to the last episode and go do that too. Oh man, yeah, that that's um, that's gonna I, take them a while. We we broke a hundred episodes. Yes, uh, I know, and I'm so happy for you guys. But yeah. we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. You, okay. you go with what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, Misty grew up playing. D D and um being exposed to D D and pathfinder um through her friends so when we got married right it hadn't come up while we were dating but then she was talking with some co-workers damien was one of them and he was like oh i've got you know this pathfinder game that i've been doing for a while do you guys want to jump in on it and uh, she's like i don't know like joseph's never talked about it before and when she brought it up to me, I was like, oh, yeah, heck yeah. Like, I, I've i never had the opportunity. And, like, I'm I'm down. Let's do this. And um, we we had a, an on and off game for a little while um, because of the other players. Obviously, we're cracked. But um, people would cancel. And, you know, that whole, um, like, the hardest part of role playing is getting everyone to the room. Um. And so we did that for a few years. Um, we actually both moved to another state and Damien was my first contact um, where we live now. And I was like, hey, are you still running like Pathfinder games? And he was like, I'm part of a group right now. So as soon as you guys move out here, we can get started. And so um, that's how I got introduced into role playing was my spouse, uh, kind of um kind of got the ball Le rolling leading the yeah. charge yeah exactly 
That's cool. I, I, I like when that sort of thing happens because instead of just being like a separate person who's coming into a group, it's more of a you're coming in together with people that you already yep. know. And it feels it feels a lot more mm, when you sit down with a group you don't know, it can be very nervous, nerve wracking. Yeah, oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And with your, your friends, you're much more comfortable. So I can only imagine how that went. Yeah. Um just uh, a couple weeks ago we were at the the nova open and Mm -hmm. i ran games in a convention setting for the first time and it's stressful right you don't know what kind of players you're gonna end Mm -hmm. up with you don't know um, if you're a player you don't know the gm and how much they've prepared or how little they've prepared and um yeah, like it, it's stressful those first couple times um, at the convention too. There were like different levels of inebriation going on um, for the night games. So um, there was all those different levels, and that's how it is with anybody getting into the into the role playing space. Is they have to they have to find the right group, and some and usually, I'll be honest, that's the hardest part is finding some people that are consistent Mm -hmm. that want to set that time aside Mm -hmm. um and that are comfortable with each other right because Mm -hmm. role-playing is really vulnerable right you are bearing your soul a lot of the time to each other um, and you're um, very often like unearthing um like subconscious like biases or you're unearthing like situations that you didn't know you'd be uncomfortable in and you really have to have a a table that you can say anything in front of um a lot of the time because it does get so personal role-playing is is um is a very it's like you said a very personal thing and and it's it's really cool that you just said that because that's something that i really advocate for in role-playing is being able to step out of your boundaries and and talk to other people about these things that are inside of you like i can't believe how many things i found out about myself by just role-playing i i understand myself much more and i actually i like to believe that i got into role-playing because there were these things in my head that i wanted to explore and identify with but i wasn't able to do so until i took myself out of my shoes and and put them in someone else's yeah and um that's one thing that's been great in our group and going through all of these different game systems uh for those of you that don't know roleplay rejects we play new and unusual role-playing games and so one week we'll be playing something super dark, like Morkborg, where it's the end of the world and everyone's dirty and nasty and life is terrible. And then we'll be playing Star Wars, where it's still like, it's still a role-playing game, but it is a very different feel. It's all happy and the Force be with you and that sort of thing. And um, putting yourself in those different situations can be really enlightening, right? It's... Mm -hmm. It's a cool, um, it's a cool avenue to get to know yourself and each other. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I, I uh, that's one of the reasons why I got into MMO role playing. Aside from tabletop role playing, yeah. is because I there were just so many different parts of me that I didn't quite understand, 
And so I went on a heyday just making different characters and exploring them uh, in different yeah. avenues. Like I role played in the Star Wars online game. I role played cool. in Elder Scrolls, World of Warcraft. Uh, but outside of that, and all these different tabletops as well, it's just it's I just I just really love it. I don't I don't know how to finish that statement. I just really love role playing. Yeah, I I totally understand. Like um, Misty and I were just talking about it the other day. Um, she has never finished any um, any of the Fallout or Skyrim games, mm-hmm. but she has put hundreds of hours into those games, especially Skyrim, uh, because we it's fun to role play a different type of character. Um, mm-hmm. She defaults to being a rogue. That's like uh, it's a joke at the table. It's like, oh, did you build an edgy rogue character? Um, <laughs> She's not alone because I also default into being a rogue. But yeah, lately, lately, uh, to signify my uh, maturity, I've been uh, playing more rogue spellcasters. So you know, yeah, and uh, and once you realize that about yourself or your table calls you out on it um it's fun to start exploring those other avenues so she her current skyrim build is uh, an orc who is homesteading and focuses on two-handed things but also crafting because she Mm -hmm. wants to um, get to know her armorer husband better and like um, it's just, it's cool when we, we find those, those inherent, like those inherent biases that we lean towards. And then we realize, oh, maybe I should, I should try branching out, or maybe I dive deeper into a different type of rogue this time around. And yeah, it's a, it's such a cool avenue to get to, to know yourself and get to know your, your table. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I Oh God, I could go on and on about how much I just love how you can use role playing as a way to just experience different things without having to go super far out of your comfort zone, but still being able to do so. I I just, it's one of those topics I could just go on and on about. Um, Yeah, I totally get it. But um, you were talking about so so with you and the roleplay rejects, and you're you guys are now going out into the wide world and going to conventions and stuff like that. How yeah. was that? What was that like? Um, it was fun. So I've been to let's see, like three conventions now. I am again a noob to the convention scene. Um, Misty's been to a bunch, um, but. It's it's so much fun being around like-minded people, right? Mm-hmm. Um we we went to Pax Unplugged last year. We didn't um we didn't like run any games or anything. We were just there as um as normal convention goers. And it's so great being able to get excited and talk about rule sets and be like, "Okay, how does this relate to, you know, D&D?" as you're talking to someone about the game they just wrote or talking to someone who's playing a board game that you've been interested in, but you've never been able to like get a group together or the board games out of your price range or Mm -hmm. whatever. And say like, Hey, how much do you actually play this? How do you like these rules? Like it's so much fun being around like-minded people. Um, And then 
this time around running the the games at um, at the Nova Open was a great time, right? Um, we so I ran two different games. I ran Goblonia and I ran Slayers. And Goblonia is a game where you play goblins um, fighting against the Feytriarchy. And the the Fey are oppressive, but it's it's a game about goblins. So when my more than half of my table showed up drunk, I was like, oh, this will go fine. Um, <laughs> we're, I'm sorry. We're, no, like, like, hey, we're here to do goblin things. And um, and yeah, they were tripping over each other and um, threw one of their characters out of a moving train at one point. And it was wild, right? And then um, Slayers, on the other hand, is more of a um, a monster hunter, your monster Slayers, right? Mm-hmm. And more of a Van Helsing type feel. Still kind of cartoony, but not as much as Goblonia. Yeah. And um, some of those same players showed up for Slayers, and they didn't show up drunk. And um, we had a very different game. And it was cool seeing the two sides of these guys um right the one where it's all poop jokes and getting the guards to puke and that sort of thing and then in slayers where it's like a kidnapping and we're worried Mm -hmm. about these kids and um like werewolves are on the rise right now and like it was it was really cool seeing the two sides of those um of those players right um yeah, there, there's actually a quote by Plato. I just looked it up. If you heard typing, that's what it was. Um, he said, you can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. And I think that's 100% true, right? Um, Wesley was talking about it just the other day. It feels like I have known Wesley for my entire life because we have gotten into these really deep subjects. Mm-hmm. We have... Um, we've gone on adventures together and we've lost characters together. And Mm -hmm. like, it's like, I feel closer to Wesley than I do to um, most of my, like, well, I'll say all of my high school friends because um, I've been out of high school for like 10. Wow. Yeah. Little man. I'm going to, I'm going to take that clip and I'm going to send it to him. Yeah. I'm going to take that exact (laughs) bit just to, just to make sure he knows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been out of high school for like 10 ish years Mm -hmm. and me and Wesley are so much tighter than those friends that I had in high school. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that comes from these deep conversations that come up from role play, right? Like Mm -hmm. what is moral if we are trying to get information from this guy do we torture them do we um try and seduce them do we try and pay them off like what is the line of like for our characters Mm -hmm. right and then we'll turn around and say like hey my character did that but joseph would not do that in real life so yeah um we it's fun having those those deep conversations right I, i i i definitely get that because I have a friend, uh, his name is Troy. Is mm-hmm. uh, I call him Best Buddy Troy, and okay. uh, he and I the same exact thing, right? He I, I I love him so much more than 
pretty much anybody I've ever met in high school. Uh, but that's because like he and I can sit down and, and have these, like you said, deep conversations about these different scenarios. Uh, the, it, that's a whole funny story that I'll leave for a whole different uh, podcast, but um, I can, I can definitely see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I've been reading through, uh, are you familiar with cult divinity lost? Cult Divinity Lost. I am not, but I can Google it and oh, then be fine. so. So um, it is a very, very dark role-playing Ooh. game. Um, probably too dark for our table, um, <laughs> which I don't say very often. Um, but I I got one of the add-on source books last week, and it's it's called Beyond Darkness and Madness. And they talk about how to write a good horror role-playing game and write a good campaign for your players. And the first rules are like, hey, like horror is even more personal than your average role-playing game. Mm-hmm. So you need to be very serious about the like the lines and veils if you're going to use them um, or the X card, if you're going to use it and they don't recommend the X card because they think it's too, um, it's too black and white. And, Mm. but also like if you are signed up for that sort of thing, right, you want there to be scary things. And so knowing what the limits of your players are because you've had a good session zero and checking back in on them periodically is something mm-hmm. that the the cult um, divinity lost system is very very good about, and um, I am preparing for a different horror game um, here in a few months. I'm not going to spoil it for our listeners, but um, the the idea of the horror con- contract is just so well defined in cult that mm-hmm. I ended up buying the source book and um, flipping through it. So I could see their perspective on how do you keep people engaged with horror when it is like by definition, something that you want to run away from. Um, like how do you keep a player um, comfortable enough to keep the story going, but uncomfortable enough that you're scratching that horror itch for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that this is one of your favorite systems? Because that was going to be one of my questions I wanted to ask was like, well, you know, which one is your your, your favorite system? Because uh, I know that you've played so many now. Yeah. Um, Cult is not my favorite system. Um, I I really appreciate all of the work around it because mm-hmm. a lot of times in in role playing games, when they talk about like player safety rules, it seems very um surface level and kind of as an afterthought but in Mm -hmm. cult it's like the the focus is like hey you got to keep your players safe if you are going to be talking about torture and rape and other Mm -hmm. um like triggering concepts that you don't know who has been through what at your table right Mm -hmm. even if you've been together for um you know three or four years like our table has like you don't know what's going to set someone off and right. they might've had a bad experience recently or yeah. maybe yeah, they're I, just terrified of mannequins. Like I am. 
I, I definitely get that because um, I can't uh, as much as I love listening to you guys, and I have pretty much listened to every single thing y'all's put out so far. Um, okay. I can't listen to the uh, Bork M- Morg Mork Bork. I'm sorry, Mork Bork. Yeah, Mork Bork. Um, because I know that involves children, and what? I just I can't do anything with kids. I yeah. really can. It's just it's it's one of those things where I I love people. I love having conversations with people, but. And I love listening to stories, but the moment a kid is involved, um, yep. and they can get hurt, regardless of like if I'm enjoying the movie or not. If that if it happens, I just I have to stop. I can't watch it anymore. Yeah, and that's that's totally like normal, right? Is to have mm-hmm. a handful of subjects that you just don't want to breach, right? It's not fun for you. You don't want to um, see it on TV. You don't want to role play it out definitely because that's even more personal Mm -hmm. and um yeah knowing what those lines are for your players is really important um and respecting that is also really important i Mm -hmm. i've you you hear so many horror stories on like reddit or other social media where they're like you know my dm is just using this game to um like fulfill his kink fantasies and like like do gross things um Mm -hmm. in his imagination with us following along like (laughs) Mm -hmm. um that doesn't sound like a good time right and so uh keeping your your players comfortable is super important um favorite system though since Mm -hmm. you asked it's really tough because um because we have gone through so many like there are aspects of almost every single one of the systems that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, in Fallout, it's the the hit locations. There, oh, I, like, I like hit locations. Yeah, um, the hit locations are great. And on the character sheet, you have like a separate spot to put HP for each limb in if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. Um, Shadows of Asterion, it was the it was the stances aspect where as you are fighting, you can change your stance and that might move you up in the initiative order. It might push you back. Um, it might give you bonuses to attack, defense, whatever. Um, let's see, bunkers and badasses. I just oh, love how bunkers and badasses. It's so much fun, right? Oh, it's um, so much fun. We were playing it for a little bit. Um, me and my friends were. We stopped um just because everyone got so busy but it was so fun that was i i had a character who i loved to death in in that one uh and she was uh she was a spell sniper as it was cool and i I fucking loved her i I thought she was so cool yeah and bunkers and badasses right you you feel like a badass yeah and um it's very good at taking that video gamey feel and translating it to the tabletop Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, with the um, with the whole uh, what is it called? Badass, badass points. Is that badass what it was? points? Yeah, and, um, and having a shield, right? Like, Ooh, yeah, like I can run into combat and get right in the middle of everything and not have to worry about how many hit points I'm gonna take for the first part of the fight, which um does encourage some like murder hoboness, but um. Like it, it, that game is just so much fun. They did so well making it um, video gamey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, uh, I remember one time, one time we were playing and uh, 
so I'm a sniper, right? And I'm trying. I'm just trying to. I thought I was gonna be clever, right? And get like two. Like I was gonna shoot two people with one bullet, right? And I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool. so cool. Yeah. And then my friend Jack was like, before he does that, I'm gonna spend a badass point to shove these two other people right, right in line nice. with the other two. So I wound up being able to uh, shoot all four of them at the Dude. same exact time and it was just it was it's one of those moments where you know everyone is cheering hooting and hollering and having oh. a blast and i was like oh. yeah that that sounds like a scene out of deadpool or something <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting uh i'm getting some serotonin just thinking about it i know right <laughs> uh, anyways uh whew, sorry got the chills go ahead <laughs> no um yeah out of out of all of those systems, though, mm-hmm. um, I think Pathfinder is my favorite just because it is so broad. Um, mm-hmm. You can do anything you want in Pathfinder. And if you want to do it in sci-fi, there's Starfinder. Yep. Um, and can't you mix the two? Is it, is it the yeah. thing you, you can mix, mix and match? Yeah, they're compatible with each other. So if you have a dwarf that just happens to fall through a time portal or whatever, mm-hmm. you can... Um, keep playing that dwarf but in uh, a sci-fi setting and vice versa which is wild right like i haven't played starfinder yet it is on our radar we want to at some point um but um like pathfinder there's just so much so much diversity and so many options and so Mm. many add-ons because it's been around for a while and a lot of people have written stuff for it Mm -hmm. um it just it gives you so much freedom um and it's like you said well loved well supported like it's yeah just, yeah and like we don't play it on the podcast because it's not new or unusual right mm-hmm. it's been around for a while and it's um pretty much just D 3.5 with um a bunch of years of user content oh speaking but, of i know that um yeah i know stevie uh, from the roleplay rejects, uh, yeah. is going to run an avatar game. Yeah. Uh, do you, you know? Are you excited for that? I am. Um, okay. Now that now that we've talked about Avatar, um, I think whatever game is coming next is my favorite game because <laughs> I get excited <laughs> about them. Um, but yeah, dude, the I love the Avatar world, mm-hmm. right? Um, I I didn't grow up watching a whole lot of nickelodeon is that what it was on yeah it was a nickelodeon yeah oh, we did. Uh, just just so everybody out there who's listening we're talking about avatar the last airbender system it's also yes. Korra, uh or Ava- the legend of avatars court what was the second one with Korra? um the legend of Korra. Yeah. the legend of Korra. okay so i just messed all that up forgive me no, you're me. good <laughs> um but yeah those like that world is already just so rich mm. and has unique yeah right like the the elemental aspects of each of the nations is is so cool and um yes yeah we are excited to play that it is in the works um i guess stevie already told y'all but we eventually are going to be playing that i I can actually see the rule book from where I'm sitting right now. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I know. I got, I got mine right here and I'm just, every single day I wake up and I gently <laughs> just touch the spine of the book and say, someday, my child, someday. Oh, yeah. One day. One day. Oh man. 
Yeah. Um, and there's a whole lot of games that we haven't played yet that I'm I'm excited about. Um, like Delta Green, Call of Cthulhu. Um, I don't know what Delta Green is. Delta Green is um, it's like Call of Cthulhu, but modern day. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like X Files type feeling, um, little modules, and um, yeah, that's what it is. You're a Delta Green agent, which is essentially okay. the the X Files agents. Okay, okay, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, um, I, like this, I like this. I like the mystery and spooky, scary stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm excited to play Cyberpunk because it started as a role-playing game uh, for those mm-hmm, of you who have yeah. played the video game, right? And the role-playing game's been around for a while, um, but it's not very well known, right? Um, mm-hmm. Dune has a role-playing game now, and I Dune love... Dune has a role-playing game? game? Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, it's a thing. When did this happen? Um, I think it's pretty recent. Um, I should just never be... I should just never be uh, surprised. Yeah, right. Um, a lot of IPs have role-playing games now. So if it's one of the major ones, there's probably a game out there for it. Um, or do some you, homebrew do, stuff. Do you like... I'm assuming you like sci-fi. Did you watch a lot oh, yeah. of old sci-fi stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Did you Did you know Stargate recently put out a tabletop? Ooh, no, I didn't. Yeah, like Stargate has this whole thing, and there's a website dedicated to, like, um, live storytelling. So, like, they cool. put out new stuff, like, every... I think it's, like, every other month or something like that. Oh, um, fun. Yeah, and you can, like, go through the stories, and it's 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 really cool. It's something I've always wanted to be interested in. If you could, if you could just keep that in the back of your head and like some yeah, crevice dude. of your brain, that'd, that'd be delightful. Yeah, dude. Um, I, I love Stargate. I watched a lot of that with my dad growing up. It was, yeah. we would alternate between Stargate and Star Trek. Oh yeah. I never watched yeah. Star Trek, but my, my grandmother was a big sci-fi uh, fan and she watched okay. a lot of trimmers and like uh, <laughs> and, yeah. stuff like that in Stargate okay so that's that's where i got it from anyway sorry about that i kind of went off on a tangent oh, you're again. good yeah dune is something to get excited about i totally understand i didn't know i i barely know anything about dune except for the spice yeah have you seen the the new movie no i have not but it i have seen a lot of good. i have seen a lot of conversation about the effects of dune and how the inside of the worm's mouth at that one shot Oh uh, yeah, it's actually it's actually some some guys uh, someone's uh, nose hairs. Yeah, it's like um, it's a it's a combination between a beatboxer's throat uh-huh. and then some nose hairs. Yeah, oh, man, wild! I love effects so much. Isn't that crazy? Um, <laughs> it is. Ha- have you ever watched Corridor Crew on YouTube? Yes, yes, oh, I dude. love the Corridor Crew. I was just watching their most recent episode this morning, actually. The one um, with um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mission Impossible guy. Yep. Yeah, with Tom Cruise. Yep, yep. Tom Cruise. There he goes. I can never remember his name. Yeah, they Anyways. were talking about how real his stunts were. Yeah. yeah. Nah, you couldn't catch me doing all that. Nope. Sorry, fam. That's why he <laughs> makes the big bucks, and I do not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I do not want to hold on to the side of a plane for any reason. I want to be inside the plane, and that's that. Yeah. And sometimes I don't even want that. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. Yeah. 
Hello, hello, hello. We are Roleplay Rejects, an actual play podcast that is all about new and unusual tabletop roleplaying games. Our show explores various roleplaying systems and their associated worlds while being guided by one of the rejects as Game Master. Each story is entirely separate and designed to be listened to in any order and comes complete with laughter. Bippity boppity, I'm gonna take your life. <laughs> and sadness. I have never killed anything before. Puns. We struck Yukon Gold. <laughs> and whatever the hell this is. <laughs> so, what are you waiting for? Listen to Roleplay Rejects wherever you get podcasts. Um, so, we, we, we've sort of talked a lot about like some. Some of the darker aspects of role playing, um, yeah. especially some of the heavier stuff. So I also I, I should also ask on the opposite side of that, like, do you have like a preferred safety system for people oh, as well? Yes. Um, so uh, we actually um, went through uh, cottages and Cerberuses recently or Cerberus. I, I'm mm-hmm. still not sure how to pronounce that. Um, but it's considered a cottage core game. <laughs> and so it's like um, Animal Crossing meets Monster Hunter uh, meets tabletop role playing. And what is so, this? oh, what is this? Yeah, it's I on Kickstarter this. right now. Um, <sighs> by, yeah, by the time this comes out, it will be off of Kickstarter. I think they'll be finished by then. But um, yeah, dude, 19 it, more days. It is so much fun. Like, um, I don't know how old your kids are, but um, like, this is a great game for kids uh-huh. um, because you you have a very detailed cottage and like Shire type oh, life going this. on, and then yeah, right, and then you go out um, monster hunting essentially for things to add to your. Um, to your cottage so we wanted to put in a a pool for like the fish and butterflies and stuff and so we went and um hunted down a phoenix and we've got a big like phoenix um sculpture shrubbery something Mm -hmm. in the middle of the pool now because we went on this cool adventure and that is a um a like a testament to our adventure and um and the a couple of weeks before they fought a mole right uh like a crystalline mole something like that i wasn't there that week Mm -hmm. but um they they fought this mole and then they turned his drill into a blender and so now whenever they have block parties um they get a plus one to their food creation role, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it is, it's adorable. It's a lot of fun. Um, oh, I love it, this. Yeah. If you're coming off something creepy or um, intense, like Morkborg, um, Cottages and Cerberus are a, it's a good, it's a great, loser. yeah, it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. And a lot of our one shots um, end up being palate cleansers, mm-hmm. right? Um, Lady Blackbird was a super fun like oh blackbird yeah yes 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 i remember that one yeah um right it's steampunk and your pirates and you're flying around in airships and that was a blast really liked that one um and a lot of the like um a lot of the role-playing games that fit on one page are good palate cleansers um Mm -hmm. 
there's one called Honey Heist that we haven't gotten around to. Um, but yeah, Kids on Bikes. Have oh, you yeah. heard about that one? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kids on Bikes is another great palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Um, we did Mall Kids a while back, which is a very similar feel where you you play teenagers working at the mall and you're trying to um, be cool teenagers and not be lame. <laughs> and um, yeah, there, there's a lot of really good palate cleansers out there. Yeah, I definitely this... lean towards the darker games um, mm-hmm. because I, I I like exploring those parts of like humanity and personality and like the uh, um, the situations that I wouldn't put myself in willingly. I can put my character in and um, see how I would react. That is definitely a like a conversation about uh, safety, like more safe uh, environments that you can role play in. Uh, yeah. I was more asking about like safety systems, like not not like is yeah. like safety tools is what I should have said. Safety tools, yeah. Safety tools, like lines and veils and stuff like that. Like, do you have any preferred safety tool that you like to employ in your games? So there's one that I am going to incorporate that I haven't used yet. And it's the stoplight system. Stoplight. Yeah, the stoplight system. So in front of each player, you give them a red, yellow, and green light. Uh Right? And it can... It can just be like printed out on a piece of paper and they can tap it. Yeah. Right? And if you're having an intense scene, um, you kind of indicate to the player like, hey, look at your traffic light. I'm yellow right now, which means let's keep it at this intensity, but not go overboard. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you can say green, right? I am ready to go. Like, I know we're yelling at each other right now because our characters are in a heated debate um but like i want to keep this going or like this torture scene is rough but i want to keep it keep it moving and then you can move down to the yellow and then you can stop things entirely at the red if it becomes too much mm-hmm. no and, that's good i like yeah. that i like a lot yeah that's the one i took from cult divinity lost um because they they do a breach on all of those uh, very, very dark topics. And so if you're getting into a situation where you're not quite sure how another player is feeling or how the DM is feeling, because it's for the DM as well, um, you indicate using your your traffic light. And if you're using it, then the person you're talking to needs to indicate where they are on that scale too. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a lot. I, I've never heard about this system, but that yeah. is a system I would definitely like to implore myself. Yeah. Um. I want to run a horror game in a couple of months, and um, that is one of the systems that I am planning on employing because horror games are they're rough. They can they can put you in some scary places, but um, that's kind of the point of them. So I hope that yellow light gets used a good bit. Right. Where Mm -hmm. we find that middle ground where this is the intensity that we want Mm -hmm. and no one is um, feeling uncomfortable. No one feels like they have to run from the table. So like like, well, just just uncomfortable enough to where they they get the they get the that delightful horror feeling. You know what I'm talking about? 
but yeah. again, it's it's consensual uncomfortableness, not yeah. uncomfortableness from something that you don't want happening, like some someone touching you or or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm real excited to use that system. Um, the the systems that I've seen in the past as well are the the lines and veils system. Lines are things that you do not cross. Um, you establish those in session zero and you come back to them every once in a while. Um, and um, for example, like things like bad things happening to children would be mm-hmm. a line for you. That is where the game stops being fun and you don't want to be here anymore. So we're just not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then you have veils, which are like, I'm okay if it happens in our game world, but I don't want it brought up um, at the table and like acted out. And a good example of that is most players don't like acting out sex scenes mm-hmm. um, with other players, with the GM. It doesn't really matter. It's just uncomfortable for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if that is a veil for you, then we'll have something like um, like we did on the Fallout podcast where um, Frankie and Wolfgang are, which are Damien and Stevie who are married in real life. So it was really funny. Um, but the two of them are like flirting and we're like, oh, like, is this where this is going? And um, their characters hit it off. And so there was a fade to black uh, when they went into um, Wolfgang's bedroom Mm-hmm. And that was uh, that's one of those veils that we have established at our table. Like, hey, we, like sex happens. It's going to happen in some of our games. We're OK if that does happen. But I don't want to be role playing in front of my friends, even if it is with my wife um, and have a detailed sex scene. Right. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And for some people, they're the same way with violence. Um, like hey, like I'm okay with cuts and bruises and stuff, but I don't want to have a graphic beheading and like going into detail with the gore and that sort of thing in my game. And so um, as a GM and as like fellow players, you got to respect that and be like, okay, well, uh, hey, I slice into the guy. I deal four points of damage. That's all you need to say, right? You don't have Mm -hmm. to get into literally the gory details you um you can slow it down and um do it in the side of your own mind um because like you said it is a it is a consent thing right mm-hmm. you want everyone to be comfortable so they keep coming back and so and everyone um, can have fun and everyone can yeah. enjoy the story because that's what we're there for i keep exactly. i keep i keep praising uh uh, maybe I shouldn't use the word praising, but I keep trying to advocate for role playing as a form of social gathering. And it, it's just, it's really, you it, if you like tabletop games and you like role playing games, hell, it doesn't even matter if it's tabletop, if it's like um, online, like in an MMO, yeah. uh, like that again, you want people to to be comfortable because you're here you're like you're coming to a coming to a table figuratively and yeah. literally to to tell a story and unfortunately uh, a lot of times unless you're playing like a, a solo tabletop or or like skyrim or a solo tabletop role-playing game um mm-hmm. 
you need the other people to be there, not only to witness the narrative, but to also be able to reciprocate that narrative, to be able to give you further narrative to expound on and to communicate with and to continue the story. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for coming on, Joseph. Hey, yeah, it's been a pleasure. It is, yeah, it has truly been just such an enjoyable experience talking with you. And I'm not just saying that. It is really good to speak with you. Good, yeah. Um, hey, if I'd be more than happy to come back on. Just hit me up. Let me know when. Yeah, you're you're more than welcome to. Uh, anytime you guys want to. Y'all are all more than welcome to. Um, <laughs> anything, anything, any last words for potential role players out there, whether they're people who want to make games, people who just want to play games, you know, like that? Um, there's a game out there for everybody, right? Um, D and D might not be your game and that's fine. And, um, that's the whole idea of our podcast role play rejects. You can find us on Spotify, um, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. And, um, there is a game out there for you. I promise. Right. If you don't like rolling dice, there's games that work off of cards. There's games where you don't roll any dice at all. Um, like there is a game for everybody and, uh, finding one that works well for your friend group is just amazing. Right. Um, I could not be more blessed, more happy with, uh, my table because we can try out all these different uh, new and unusual games. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Joseph. Yeah. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. And that's all I got right now. I really appreciate you all listening. I know my voice is not the best, and I know that my editing skills are not the best either, but I am slowly learning to get into the flow of things again. But besides all that, I have a lot of new stuff happening very soon up on my channel. And also, I'm going to start progressing the website again, getting more communities up there, getting more tabletops up there, linked to their official sites, and reaching out to more actual play groups so that you can see what the game is about before you go and purchase it that's one of the biggest things i wanted to do with the website so you know check that out if you don't mind i really appreciate it and if you would like to support this crazy dream of mine that is to help the community to build up this community to uh, bring the community together i think i might have said that twice then please go support my patreon it would be fantastic or If you're listening to this on YouTube, like, subscribe, you know, the whole jig. I'm not very good at saying those three things, but please, if you don't mind just subscribing or coming to the Discord and talking with me and giving me your opinion, I would love to hear from it. So, again, thank you so much. And if I don't see you in the Discord, then I will see you next Thursday. Thank you.